Welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders. Brought to you by SATC Solution Center, L3C. Hi, I'm Savannah Roundtree, the law clerk here at SATC, and today I'm sitting with Jocelyn Brambach. Jocelyn, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Savannah. Jocelyn is the founder of the Brambach Group, a a uh, consulting firm for professional service firms on marketing strategy and lateral integration, as well as the founder of the Legal and Professional Services Council, which provides high quality programming on best practices in business development, marketing, and communication for law firms and for other professional service firms. And before we get into all of that, let's start pretty much at the beginning. So I did my research and I saw that you went to uh, Miami University, that's in Ohio, right? I did, I did, and I have sort of a non-traditional degree there. I have a Bachelor of Philosophy, right. um, which is, is interesting. Um, and and I can't talk to you about Nietzsche or anyone <laughs> like that. Um, but I think it was it was a great background for me because it allowed you to learn how to think, right? Okay, and so I yeah. think that that was a great platform for me as I started uh, my professional career. Mm -hmm, yeah. So um, that's in Ohio. So were you from Chicago or in? Okay. So. Yeah, I've lived in Chicago since I was nine. We moved around a lot when I was a kid, but I call Chicago home sure. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Just wanna, so I also saw that you got. Um, was it just like a focus on marketing communications while you were there? So was marketing um, something you always wanted to go into? Did you know this is what you wanted to do? Or did you just sort of discover that while you were in college? So I went to college thinking that I wanted to be a reporter. Okay. Um, and so I did intern at a newspaper the summer after mm -hmm. my freshman year in college. Uh, but then I uh, knew I had heard about public relations and mm -hmm. communications. And so I wanted to intern in that field as well. So the summer after my sophomore year, I was lucky enough to intern with the American Red Cross. Oh, okay. And that was great. And that made me know that communications was where I wanted to be. And yeah. so that helped the trajectory okay. of, of the rest of my mm -hmm. education. And what was great about the um, philosophy degree was that you could structure your own major. So I was able to, okay. to take some PR, some communication, some marketing, some economics, some psychology classes, uh -huh. and put those all together yep. into uh, the, the major that I had put together. Oh, that's great. Just sort of choosing exactly what classes. It's surprising that yeah. they let you do that. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so, and then um, it looks like uh, right out of college, you got a job at, was it Null Communications, yeah. which was just... It looks like just purely advertising you were doing there. So that was a boutique consumer agency, and it was very small, but had amazing clients. So while I was there, I worked for um, companies like Jim Beam and Hamaker Schlemmer. Wow. So really cool <laughs> products, yeah. uh, and that was great. And from there, I wanted to spread my, my wings a little bit, mm -hmm. and I ended up at uh, Edelman Public Relations and worked on a handful yeah. of national accounts. And that was a, it was a great experience up until 9-11. Um, oh, and sure. then, you know, the world was a very different mm -hmm. place at that time. PR, marketing, advertising budgets were all slashed, and, and no one really knew what was going to happen in that field. Right. Um, and so I was recruited to start up the PR department at Foley and Lardner. Right. And uh, at the time, you know, I'm not somebody that has a, a lawyer uncle or, you know, I didn't know right. anything about the, the legal industry. Okay. Um, but in doing my research, I found that it was this place where... Um, at the time, this is back in 2001, law firms had never had a layoff, which is a funny thing oh, to even say yeah. <laughs> now from what we know from 2007, 2008. 
Um, but it seemed like this magical land that would be a great place to hang out for a year until yeah. the world figured out what the world was going to do. I wasn't planning to love it. Uh-huh. I wasn't planning to start a nonprofit trade group for people who do sure. what I do there. Um, and that's really, um, that, that shift really changed the, the trajectory of my career. Yeah, clearly. That's what I was sort of going to ask because, you know, the first couple of jobs you had looked like they were purely PR, marketing, um, and then all of a sudden you are creating an entire division at a law firm. And so that's just sort of a product of being hired to do it. And right. Well, and that was also the time um, marketing at law firms was still in its early days. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky enough to get on the ground floor of Foley because they were building up the marketing department. Mm-hmm. And what was great about being in PR um, was that you could get some quick wins really easily um, for some of the attorneys. You know, if you're doing marketing strategy, that takes a long time right. to, to um, build and execute. Um, but you know, I could get you in Cranes or the Tribune, you know, fairly quickly, yeah. quicker than the than the mm-hmm. longer marketing cycle. So we were able to build um, some great momentum in the department and sort of show the kinds of things that um, would await the firm if they could you know, give yeah. us a chance to get things rolling. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, and so while you were there, um, which is that's when you founded the Legal and Professional Services Council. Yes. So. Um, why did you decide to found that? And then um, also, what exactly does this uh, group do? Sure. So your first law firm is very hard. Um, the partnership sure. model. Trying to figure out the lay of the yes. land. <laughs> and it was it was a tough hill to climb, especially I was 27. Uh, okay. You know, I'd come from consumer <laughs> PR where the, the vibe is just very different. Yeah, the very definition different of than success. trying to sell Jim Beam. <laughs> yes. So the definition of success was different. My product, instead of being... You know, at Edelman, I worked on Taco Bell instead of being some like <laughs> fake Spanish word right. that you know of, for a collection of cheese and sauce and meat. <laughs> My product was really smart attorneys, and the um, the insight they had on business and the law and what was and trends. So that was a big shift, and I knew I needed to find. Um, some people who mm-hmm. did this too. And you know, I looked around and there just wasn't um, a trade group out there that met my needs. And so I basically just cold called people who were okay. the, the media <laughs> contacts on the, some of the largest um, law firm websites mm-hmm. in Chicago. And uh, there was a, a PR agency that I was using at the time and I asked them to you know host some space. And we had 30 people at that first meeting. Wow. And I mean, that was a lot yes, for starting I mean, that from scratch. That sounds like a lot of people. Right. For us. So I knew, I knew that we had something there. And interestingly, I couldn't get, I couldn't draw the meeting to order. So I knew that these people were so excited well, to just, be together. Yeah, so excited to right. finally have and like-minded people that are working on the same thing. That, exactly. And so, and that was in 2006. And, and here we are, 2019, we have 500 members. Wow. We have people coming in from, uh, people fly in all the time for, from okay. across the Midwest and, and the East Coast um, to come to our meetings because we've really created a, a lot of value. So, mm-hmm. you know, we offer best practices in, not, you know, it's just, not just law firm marketing, we also have other professional service marketers talk about their best practices too, but we might talk about um, you know, marketing or business development issues. We talk about team building. We have a fair amount of programming on um, professional development, how to okay. advance in your career. Mm-hmm. And what's been great about that um, was uh, two years ago, I, I looked around in the rooms and, you know, we usually get 80 to 100 people per meeting. And there were, there were hardly anybody in their 20s anymore. And I realized we had, you know, the, the content had just sort of ratcheted up as I had mm-hmm. gone through my career and we weren't offering entry-level content okay. anymore. And, 
you know, to get people interested in law firm marketing is hard. So I thought, you know, we really need to create a way for um, younger folks to be able to learn the same way that I did Mm -hmm. and create the networks for those folks too. So um, two years ago, we founded a next-gen version of LPSC, and that's been great. And we've had so much great feedback, and that's allowed us to really boost our membership as well because we're tapping into this next generation of people Mm -hmm. who are going to be the leaders in law firm marketing in years to come. Yeah, I would imagine it's not necessarily like a field that when you're studying like PR and marketing that you immediately think about. I know people are probably mostly thinking about selling tangible products. Right. And everybody in legal marketing has a story for how they got here. You just Mm -hmm. heard mine. Everyone has a random story like that because no one comes in in college. They don't teach you how interesting of a job this can be. So do you try to work more with um, like students that are in college or you just already like young professionals in the field? What's sort of your market for the group you're trying to get in your next gen? So we do have, uh, my board and I go back to our schools and we Mm -hmm. go talk to um, college classes. I just uh, was a guest uh, lecturer at Loyola for a communications class uh, back in December. So we do some outreach for Mm -hmm. that, but a lot of times it's folks who are at the manager and director level who come Mm -hmm. to regular LPSC programs and they tell their teams, hey, you should go to this, you'd really find this valuable. Interesting. Um, so, and then I also saw that you were working um, for global com- with global communications at Baker and McKinsey, which I think might be the largest law firm in the world. At the time it was. Okay. Um, 4,000 attorneys now sounds very quaint. It sounds like a boutique, right? When you look um, at, a, at a Denton's that has 9,000. Um, okay. But back in the day, sure. yes, we were the largest law firm in the world. And I... Um, ran a number of different global initiatives, like we did, um, you know, a global website redesign where we had okay. to get folks all around the world mm-hmm. to agree to right. one <laughs> style, one CMS tool. Um, and so that was certainly an effort in geopolitical communications, yeah. right? Um, but that was a great experience um, to to do that, to be opening offices all around the world. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a, a big eye opener when I was at Foley. They had a, a couple of outposts um, that were international, mm-hmm. and so I said I knew what it meant to be right. at a global law firm, but <laughs> you don't. Until you're at a firm like Baker McKenzie that really has a global mentality, mm-hmm. it's not the same thing. Yeah, so I was going to ask like what the differences were before someone who's you know more nationally based in this global. Is it just like the sheer amount of people that makes it a lot different, or are there really like different mindsets when you're working on this global scale? What was amazing about Baker McKenzie is it had such a good story. It was the first law firm that knew it wanted to be global. So back in the 50s, the two founders, Baker Mm -hmm. and McKenzie, they had this vision of a global law firm. So it was founded knowing that they wanted to be global. So that's very different than like a Foley that would say, oh, I think we need somebody in Singapore or something like that. Where it just sort of naturally grows out of the work that they're doing instead of intentionally. That's exactly right. And so Baker was much more globally focused. So it wasn't, there was no headquarters. It wasn't, we didn't Hmm. say, oh, well, since Chicago is the first office and that's where a lot of the leaders sit, we'll just default to what they want. It was much more of a, um, of a communal, communal decision making, which can make things take a very long time. Yeah, I would imagine so. (laughs) So just like a larger scale for everything in general, (laughs) more people, more time involved. Yes. All of those things. Yeah. Um, so then 
You were at Citadel for a pretty brief amount of time back doing communications work. Yeah, so when Citadel had approached me, um, I had thought, you know, this is crazy. Clearly my life is law firms, right? Mm -hmm. I've been at these law (laughs) firms. I I run a a nonprofit trade group for people who are in law firms. Um, But it was such a great turn for my career because... You know, I'll lay in on a little secret. Not all law firms are run like businesses. Sure. And so I had grown up in these law firms that um, were doing very well and were very profitable, but weren't necessarily run like businesses. Mm-hmm. And so to be in financial services at a firm that was very process driven, that was focused on innovation, was a huge wake up for me. Yeah. And I looked back at my career, like for example, at Baker, where every other month we were opening up a new office in some part of the world, and every other month, we kind of started from scratch and every right. other month we were kind of chickens with our heads cut off and i saw and fell in love with this process driven model and that is what i used to launch the brumbach group yeah. so we take the process driven approach of a financial services company and we apply that to law firm marketing okay. so we come in and we build the infrastructure for for law firms for their marketing so all the good work that they're doing it doesn't just go to waste. You don't right. take this one piece of content, post it on the website, and hope somebody's yeah. going to see it. And then just it. sort of like walk away and yes. <laughs> let it fester on And what's so great about this model and what's really resonated with, with law firms is that we don't go in and ask the attorneys to do something different. We don't come in and say, hey, everybody here needs to be sales trained, or you guys all need to get out and go speak more. Instead, mm-hmm. we say... I'm pretty sure that you guys are already doing really cool things. Let's figure out what those Mm. things are and package them better. Because a lot of times law firms will say, you know, you look at their website and the headline will be, uh, you know, Savannah spoke last week at the Chicago Bar Association. Mm -hmm. No one is going to click that, (laughs) except for Savannah's mom. Like nobody is going to click on that. My mom would be all over it. She's got the Google (laughs) alert. (laughs) So... But you didn't just speak at the Bar Association. You shared trends. You talked about what's next in 2019. Mm -hmm. That's the headline. So you don't have to speak more. It's on us. It's on my team to capture the headline better and then to take that piece of content and not just post it to the firm news page. I tell Mm -hmm. firms all the time, the only person that goes to the news section of your website is me (laughs) because I'm trying to have this conversation with you. We need to take this content and put it where people are. Mm -hmm. So it's just been so magical to watch these firms mm-hmm. see wow we are we are doing this cool thought leadership stuff we we speak all the time we write we uh, we have this leadership position in the community or in this bar group and we take that and we plug that into the machine that yeah. we build and and then their profile is raised and they mm-hmm. barely had to do anything right so that has just been such a rewarding experience to help firms to build that yeah so it sounds like you were just like really truly inspired with this new marketing idea in order to start the Brumbaugh mm-hmm. Group. So was it always, did you always think that you would start your own firm or is that just like, um, I mean, did it just come to you then in 2014 or? I would never have told you that I thought that I was an entrepreneur. And I wish I could tell you that when I started LPSC back in 2006, mm-hmm. that my plan was to be a consultant to because country, that would have yeah. been a really good plan. Um, <laughs> But instead, you know, I did it just because I needed to find my peeps. But it was so much fun building this brand from scratch. Mm-hmm. This this brand where 
you know, our programs are, you know, we have a half an hour of networking and then an hour of content. People mm-hmm. fly in from other cities yeah. for that. Like, that's so rewarding. So I think having the opportunity to build that when there was, um, there was nothing at risk, right? If it didn't right. work out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved building that from scratch. Yeah. So that really gave me the platform to say, oh, I could do this. Yeah. And I have this model right. that I know is going to be really effective with law firms. So all those things came together um, really well. Yeah, no, that's incredible. So when you do the LPSC programming, do you is it mostly marketing professionals that come or do you get um, you know the professionals that you're working for coming to your events as well? So we do have a handful of attorneys who come to our programs. Mm-hmm. And um, because our, at least at the, the regular LPSC level, um, our programs have gotten um, pretty high level because folks who have been in their career for a while, even if you are a CMO, you end up doing, you end up touching a lot of HR issues and operations yeah. issues. So we have expanded into um you know, issues about hiring and operations and those sorts of things. So we have expanded okay. our group to have mm-hmm. more COOs and more directors of HR. Um, certainly a lot of diversity professionals. We have some okay. programming that touches on that. So it really runs the gamut. And we are slowly ratcheting up um, on the professional side of legal and professional right. services, right? So we do. We are getting more consultants, more engineers, more accounting firms who have been attending our programs. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So... Um, What's it like balancing like these two pretty like your own consulting group and this uh, what would you call it a, uh, a nonprofit trade group? N- yeah, yeah, and your trade group. Um, it's a lot of work. Yeah, right. I mean, that's not a lie, but what's great about it is that these are all my friends. Yeah. So I send out, you know, we just sent out a notice about our our January event. And within 10 minutes, I have 45 emails from my friends saying, hey, can I come and I'll see you in two weeks. That's kind of great. Um, So that part has been really nice. And we do, you know, I have a staff. um, As of two years ago, we started hiring interns. Mm -hmm. And that's great because with with a 500-member list, it's a lot of management. There's a lot of, (laughs) you know, just tracking RSVPs and all those sorts of things, taking the checks to the bank. Um, so it's been great to have uh, to have, be able to bring an intern in and give them not only the um, you know the ability to work on LPSC but then also to uh, work on the Brumbaugh group. And what's great is that we've been able to really tap the skills of our interns. So the first intern that we had was really strong in video production. Okay. And I had been asked for many years, hey, you know, do you have recaps? Do you have handouts of your programs? And you know, it's already a lot of work. Yeah. I, I I couldn't <laughs> take that on too, but. One day I thought, you know, let's come up with um, a video recap that we can do of these, these events, and we'll make mm-hmm. them very formulaic, and so they're very easy to film, and they always look the same, and we know what all the shot list is going to be. And I said to my intern, you know, storyboard this out and, and yeah. own this. And and now we've developed um, what we call the takeaway. And so every program that we have, we interview one of the speakers for 90 seconds, right? Yeah. And then we put yeah. it up on LinkedIn, and then we, then we have that. And so yeah. we're able to spread the word mm-hmm. about LPSC and give all these folks what they wanted, yeah. which are the recaps of our programs. Programs. Yeah, it's always great when you like can find the talents of your team and like use them uh, for your company as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, now we're just sort of going to talk about your career in general. And so I wanted to know what was maybe your favorite or like the most challenging uh, project that you've worked on. So our business really falls into two streams. Um, 
because I spent so much time in big law and mm-hmm. because of LPSC, and that's mostly big law members, we get a lot of really juicy, interesting projects that typically felt like in the change management or the internal communications mm-hmm. um, space. So, for example, we just wrapped up a project for a firm, um, a local firm that has uh, 100 attorneys here and in eight other offices. And the way that they've grown, they um, the, the partners are feeling really disconnected. Nobody really knew what was going on in the other mm-hmm. offices, you know, the cool things that were going on that weren't, weren't being shared well. So... Um, I came, we came up with this idea of creating partner profiles on their internal intranet because okay. also people weren't using that because if you don't if you don't really thoughtfully put your intranet together it's mm-hmm. kind of a wasteland. So we um, we started doing these profiles that are a little bit like um, I don't know kind of like baseball cards okay. um, where you know we'll ask somebody to talk a little bit about their practice. So of mm-hmm. course you know the, the goal is cross selling. That's of course right. what we want to do. But then we bleed very quickly into, you know, what book are you reading? You mm-hmm. know, who, what made you know that this was the right firm for you? You know, what do you do in your spare time? We put a few photos in. People love this, <laughs> right? So we launched it in November. It's been, and we just have one, one a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was hard to convince the first person because sure. please send us some photos. We're going to mock it up yeah. and show you. But once you get that first one, so many people were interested in it. And we've been able to showcase a really diverse range of people, different offices, different practices, all sorts of things um, and it's gone so well just in the first few weeks that we are already talking about expanding it to associates expanding okay. it to staff yeah. and people are excited to be a part of it and um, and the nice piece is we always within our questionnaire will um, allow people to tag someone else but, you know who do you think we yeah. should profile next so that helps us uncover yeah, helps you. <laughs> right the next cool person that mm-hmm. we want to want to highlight so um, so we get a lot of projects like that um, that we do for large law firms. Yeah. But then the other stream of business is um, working as the outsourced marketing department for firms that have maybe 20 to 70 attorneys. Mm-hmm. So enough stuff that's going yeah. on day to day, but not so much that they need their own in-house marketing right. team. Yeah. Um, and that's when we come in and we build the marketing infrastructure. And mm-hmm. we, we usually do it in a couple of ways. We can either... Um, come in and build it, and then we can turn it over to someone, and we can right. say, "Hey, here's all the things you need to do. Here's a playbook. You know, call us if you need anything." Um, and we can turn that back over to the firms. But a lot of times, we get sticky, and yeah. <laughs> and the, and um, and maybe the firm doesn't have somebody like that that they can necessarily turn something over to. Mm-hmm. And so then we have this really great ongoing relationship where we can keep building, and every year we can ratchet it up and do cooler yeah. things and build on the kind of things mm-hmm. that we did before. Yeah. Yeah, that's really fun. You like still get to do the marketing, but you're, you know, all over the place. So you're not just like stuck in one field all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And we've really, you know, in terms of growth, we debated a lot, you know, should we go into other verticals? Because we've done, we've done other professional services firms. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've done work for them. It's very similar. Um, But our niche is really law firms. And we've found that what we do really resonates with attorneys. Um, And I think in part because of my background, in part because of this process-driven approach that really resonates with them. It's very, um, there's no surprises Mm -hmm. along the way, right? You know exactly what's going to happen. You know exactly how it's going to work and the effect that it's going to have. So, you know, we're still, um, I think we're still going to dig deeper into law firms and maybe start to expand geographically um, rather than expand into other verticals. Yeah. So right now, are most of the firms you work with Chicago-based? Um, yeah, the the um, I'm working on a, a global change management project for a firm that's DC based, but they have offices here. Okay. We've had um, we had a, a client in South Korea, <laughs> right? Wow. So we could say we're global. <laughs> um, so, but the majority of our firms are here in Chicago. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then um, looking at the Brumbaugh Group's website, I noticed that I think all of your employees are women or most of them on the website were. Um, so is that a trend in marketing or is it just something specific to your group? So we do, um, the, my employee, I do have two employees and they're both women. Uh, we use a lot of contractors and that's that's a mm-hmm. mix. I would say that's a mix of genders. But yeah, I mean, I can tell you that there's a lot of women yeah. in um, in legal marketing. You know, the, the okay. um, events that we have, I would say that it's probably 75% women, that's okay. for sure. Yeah, that's great. Because what I was going to ask is because the law field is still pretty heavily dominated by men. And so I just wanted to ask sort of what it's like, you know, um, coming into these like male heavy environments and sort of telling them what they need to do. Right. I can tell you it's easier as a consultant. Sure. When I was in house, <laughs> I had the same amount of smarts, but I don't think that I was, um, you know, a lot of times that when a consultant says something, it, it's, it's, uh, attorneys. Yeah, Cause they've, more. you know, hired you, brought you in specifically for this, for your expertise, instead of you being one of their right. employees. But they also hired you and brought you in for your expertise when you're in house, sure. but still, <laughs> right. You're exactly right. This is for some reason it's, it's more credible when you have a different business card. Hmm, that's really interesting. But, um, I, I always love to see a really strong female like groups out there. So Love looking at your uh, business model for that. Hi, Jocelyn. Thanks for um, speaking with us again for a couple minutes. You bet. So it's been um, just a little while since we pre-recorded your podcast episode, and I know that you guys are always doing some really exciting things. So we just wanted to check in and see if you have any upcoming programs that you wanted to tell our listeners about. Hey, thanks so much. You know, we do. Um, we have quite a few programs in the hopper. The one that I'm really excited about is coming up on Thursday, March 21st over lunch. We are going to be bringing in the uh, assistant general counsel from Microsoft, Dennis Garcia. And he, oh, wow. this guy is a really dynamic speaker. Um, he does a lot about talking about the role of in-house general counsel and how they really are um, spokespeople for the firm. This isn't a passive role where you uh, just spend all day trying to avoid risk. He really views um, in-house general counsel as leaders within the firm who can really put some stakes in the ground about what the firm stands for. So we're so excited to have him coming in from Microsoft, you know, one of the giant players in the tech space. Um, So he's going to talk about how the role of in-house counsel has really evolved um, back from his early days he started out at IBM um, to the role that he has now with Microsoft, which he likes to say his role now is practicing at the intersection of law, technology, and business. So it's really interesting. Um, wow, yeah. So we're excited to have him come in. Um, we have... Uh, we are excited to have uh, be hosted by Cypher Shaw. They have a new space in the Willis Tower that we're excited to get in. And uh, we know this is going to be a packed event. So we actually had we had a hard time shopping around for a place that uh, was going to be able to hold all the people that we know we're going to have. Um, it's going to be packed, and we're so excited about it. And, again, yeah. that's going to be on Thursday, March 21st over lunch. Okay. And just remind everybody, um, if they would like to register for that, what do they have to do? Sure. So if you go to our website, um, and again, you know, the organization is Legal and Professional Services Council. So our website is VLPSC.org. So that's V-T-H-E-L-P-S-C.org. Click on the events page, and there you'll see this event and all of our other upcoming events. 
Great. That sounds really exciting and interesting perspective of law that I think a lot of people um, don't always realize. And also, you know, anything with law in the tech industry is going to be um, really popular and really important right now. So um, thanks for sharing that with us. You bet. We can't wait. All right. Thanks again for taking the time to chat with us, Jocelyn. Um, We'll let you go and um, have a great Women's History Month. Thank you so much, Savannah. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks. for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solution Center. As always, feel free to reach out to us on social media with your comments and suggestions. You can email us at solutioncenter at satcltd.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram where our handle is at Bridging Chicago. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guests. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the SATC Solutions Center, Shank Annis Tepper Campbell, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the host and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to for use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.